0: So what's going on? Happy May, everyone. And today is about the future of the internet and how not to stop it. However, in the article, it says how to stop it. People, remember in the last podcast that I did with Business English, I talked about how the internet is a driving force for a lot of businesses. And, you know, just to go over very briefly a thesis that I'm actually correcting 14,000 words, by the way. So, if any of you need thesis, dissertations, whatever, correct it. I do have those services too, uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, she was telling me that traditional retail shops, and she did, um, she did extensive interviews throughout all these places within Thailand. And she said that a lot of traditional retail shops, they ended up falling flat and they ended up going out of business. Why? Because they didn't adapt. Here in Thailand, there's a very notorious system that they follow and that notorious system is going into a shop where there's just clutter everywhere. Uh, Just random items on shops. There is nothing with pricing on it. And it's very difficult for foreigners to buy things from that because if an old Thai woman sees a foreigner walk in, she sees money. And then when he comes up and he grabs something from the shell that has no price, she's going to try to charge him double. It's the same thing that happened in Vietnam. I remember one of my Vietnamese friends, you know, she was like, oh, you know, I bought some peaches. And she's like, dude, those peaches are a little bit more expensive. And I think it was because you're a foreigner. We went to a shop, I wanted to buy gummy bears. And so she was like, hey, listen, that bag is really expensive. They're trying to sell that to you for something very, very expensive. So you know, if I do ever go to a place, and this is the problem with traditional shops. This is why I love going to convenience stores. And this is why convenience stores are destroying traditional shops out here in Thailand at the moment. So again, it's because the lack of technology, lack of sales. Oh, I don't need sales. I don't need internet. I don't need this. I don't need that. It's you getting out of your feelings and saying, you know what? I need to do something more or I'm going to sink. And so if we look at the future of internet, that's what it did. But the thing is, there are a lot of people who are against the internet. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to read this article out for you guys, okay? And then we're going to break this article down because the pessimist in regards to technology, in regards to internet, you see a lot of these people, uh, especially on social media, saying, oh, I got off social media three months today. It was the best thing I ever did. I'm like, you're missing out on an entire life. This isn't the 80s anymore. And remind you, back in the 80s in America, lots of rapists exist. And these rapists and these serial killers, it's all because social media was non-existent. Cameras were non-existent. Phones were not existent That's not what the world is anymore. And it's not what the world is going to – we're never going to turn back to that. But to be honest with you, if you utilize the internet in a good way, guys, how could I have met so many people and the people I've met? How could I have had 175 countries tuning in to my ESL podcast? No internet, no Spotify, no ratings, no nothing. I would be, this would be 1970s all over again. Me working at a shop and having to go to university and, you know, become, you know, a nurse. And, you know, once I become that nurse, you know, uh, I would end up doing a job and being completely torn apart, torn apart and ripped to shreds by all these ridiculous ass doctors around the world. You see what I mean? Doing something that I hated. But with the internet now you can do what you love regardless of how you feel about it regardless of how the youtubers are regardless of how any of that is you can utilize it and use it to your advantage so let's look at this ridiculous ass article it says cyber law expert jonathan Zittrain says that the traditional pc is dead so that's obviously desktop right he believes that as users change to smartphones and tablets The personal computer will lose its place in our lives, and this is a bad thing because we will lose the freedom that the PC has given us. Such as what? Power will belong to the big companies who control the operating systems, and they didn't control your home PC. Anyways, let's continue. The PC is a fantastic invention. It is easy to configure, and you are free to install the programs you want. When connected to the internet, you can download the media and software you choose. The maker of the operating system does not control what you can do. This can have some unfortunate consequences because you can download bad software, viruses, malware, which will damage your system. Yeah, that's why Apple is, one of the, is the best because you can't get viruses. You might get your computer to slow down just a little bit, but after five years, no problem. I remember I had a home PC about 13 years ago when I moved into a bachelor pad with one of my friends just for three months. And I remember I clicked on a website that said, oh, do you want to click here? And I did, and that, my whole goddamn computer went straight to garbage, straight to hell. It did, like it went straight into a red screen. That's how bad it was. Traditional PCs have no, they have no protection. So let's continue. However, Zitrain says that the alternative offer by the makers of smartphones and tablets is worse. Oh, such as the apps, which you you can download from online stores, are controlled by the manufacturers. (gasps) Oh, my God. They make sure that the product you have bought and is your property is locked down. In other words, it will only accept the software that they approve. You cannot program the device or download third-party apps to install. It's safer, but the suppliers have total control. If they don't want to use the service or see something they don't like, you won't. It also limits the creativity and innovation of the developers who create the apps. Not exactly. I think that's a lie because I know I have a lot of app creators out there that whoever create this and you tell them that, you know, to create it and they know how to create it, you're going to have a legitimate app. There are a number of ridiculous-ass apps out there on the App Store. And again, if the main App Store, like on Apple, says, no, we don't want to do this because of this, this, and that, I very rarely hear that. You know, I know people who have, you know, different things on their websites, you know. It's kind of like Udemy. There we go. So Udemy is trash, right? I used to have my Udemy courses uh, on Udemy. But the thing is, I would have to get it pre-approved, and then once it's approved... And I didn't have, like, you know, a specific like photo that fit my needs, they would ban that photo. They would email me and say, if you do this again, we're going to ban you. And I'm like, excuse me over having words on my photo? The rudest people on the planet. See, that is bad. And I think this is what he's talking about, right? Although we're not talking about apps, we're talking about websites. However, Podia. I could download, upload whatever I want, however I want to upload it. It doesn't matter how much time it is and I get full control and full money from it. Udemy, there are times that I said, okay, I don't want any business program. I want—I don't want to advertise. I want people to get this directly. And Udemy ends up still going 50% on it. And I'm like, are you serious? I didn't press that option. You guys switched it up. Udemy is just like Yelp, it's trash. And whoever the developers are, they have full control and they don't care about instructors. So again, I know a lot of people out there, but I know a friend that makes millions on Udemy. You know, there was a guy here in Thailand who has made a lot of money on Udemy. And I'm like, dude, you know what? That million could easily be 10 million. And this is why when Podia emerged, I'm like, see, if I already have a brand and I'm like putting my brand and I'm putting it everywhere, like, and I'm advertising it and stuff like that, listen. That's going to end up being like one of the top things. I'm not going to have to take the word from someone else who's threatening me for whatever reason that is. So, guys, you got to put that into perspective because if you don't, it's just I completely understand apps. I understand websites, but then that's why there are new things that emerge that will help benefit you. I don't necessarily need an app. I could have an online scheduling software system. Brendan Bouchard doesn't have an app. I think Tony Robbins has an app, but it's terrible. And how much do you have to pay Apple every year? Now, Spotify, I'm very, very grateful for it. I've never had a problem with someone like reporting my podcast saying, oh, this is explicit content and this and this and this. I never got an email from Apple. I've never got an email from Spotify. They are completely open to this. So let's continue. We are also gaining reliability, but losing our freedom in another way more and more. Both companies and private individuals depend on the cloud-based services provided by the big operators and not programs installed in a PC. Nah. The supplier can easily monitor and control these applications from a central source. They can choose to eliminate services or start charging for them without warning. I mean, that's a, that's a really good – and that's what I love. Um, that, that's a good point because some apps like YouTube, YouTube, like they have so much control that even – If you were to start up a channel, there's no way that you would make money. You're gonna have to have at least a million subscribers on your YouTube channel to run ads. And even if you report different things, and if we look at different apps like Twitter, Twitter is trash, the line application is pure trash. Like people will spend your services and they won't even tell you why, just like Facebook too. And so uh, now these aren't the different apps, but the different social media platforms, right? And uh, again, this is one of the big problems with that. And so when are people like us going to get that freedom again? I think over the next decade or especially two decades, a lot of things will emerge. But let's top off this little article. It says, Zitrain says that this situation is worrying because it means that there will be less innovation on the internet. Both users and developers need to demand more freedom and not let the big players dictate the future of the internet. Now, this is... Very, very important to understand that the innovation is insane. That's number one. Okay. But number two, it's let the big the big players dictate the future of the internet. If you look at Google, they're under fire. If you look at Facebook, they're under fire. They have been for a long time because Zucker Zuckerfuck, I'm sorry, Zuckerberg, he is a mess, right? He doesn't even know what's happening internally in his own company. When you try messaging him about anything or anyone for that matter, no one gets back in contact with you. It is insane. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter is terrible. You say one thing, they're going to ban you. But at the same time, we're living in an age in America that conspiracy theories are massive. Right? The misinformation is massive. Uh, the extremism is massive, especially in America, right? Especially the right wings. You had Alex Jones, who was very, very notorious for his disgusting antics, uh, and so many others who post a lot of vile content online. So to a certain extent, to keep that off platforms, yes, but I do think that some platforms need to be, they need to ban certain words. Twitter, Twitter could have banned the N word a long time ago. Facebook could have banned that. Instagram could have banned that. Like no one could ever be able to post that word anywhere on, old, ever, you know, on any social media platform. And I think that would be very good. A lot of people say free speech. No, no, because that's hateful speech. And that's you, and stopping you from doing something that you really don't want to do. You're only doing that just to attack a group of people. Now, I'm all for that. But these social media companies, it's big. It has nothing to do with the PC because, again, the internet, this and that. It's just specific websites. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right, they have absolute control, and this is one of the big issues. So the future of the internet is not so much that, it's just the future of websites, right, or social media websites, but we need the internet to sell. People, you need to understand that malls in America are rapidly deteriorating right now. And it's so funny. I saw a comment of some kind of online troll, and this guy in Chile was like, Well, you know, out here it's booming. And a commenter, some troll from America, was like, Oh, but you know, we've had malls way longer than the third world. And I'm like, How dare you call Chile a third world? And it's funny how America, just as they put me in a box and call me black and put me in a box and say I'm never going to be good enough or amount to anything, they do this with other countries and say, oh, she's from a third world country. Well, after the events of what happened in November, December, January, and since the beginning of COVID, America, you're fourth world. So stop trying to point fingers, stop being judgmental, and stop being hateful, right? And this is what I say, and this is what scares me. About what has come of America, I am terrified of even you know coming in within arm's length, uh, arm's length of those people, because so much has changed. But at the same time, going back to the Internet in general and how much it has helped us, and malls, back to the initial conversation, there you go, I got my thought. malls in America are just that, they're malls. Malls in Thailand are an experience. In America, you go to the food court, you walk around, you window shop, you go home. There's nothing in a mall. They started coming up with theme parks such as Mall Mall of America, the biggest mall in America, I believe it's in Wisconsin, Minnesota, one of those Northern states, Um, or Iowa. I think it's in Iowa, somewhere on the state line. I have no idea. But in America, that's all you get. That's all you get. And so people are like, oh, why are malls deteriorating? Oh, it's because online shopping. Well, yeah, that's, first of all, that's actually very, very good, except the amount of space that you have to pay for Amazon to like keep all your products. You could just like, just send everything right out of your home and get someone to work for you instead, you know what I mean? Because if you're taking about 10 to 50 orders a day, you could do that with someone in your place, right? in your own garage, sending out products or your own warehouse sending out products. You don't have to pay Amazon. Now, yes, the Amazon marketplace is very good for promoting. I don't have to promote it to people who don't even know me. No, thank you. But in saying that, here in Thailand, the closest mall I have is one right behind me is terrible. But the new one is called Icon Siam. They have two amazingly beautiful residences called condominiums that are connected to the hotel. If you go in Icon Siam, You don't just have shopping, you have an experience. The Thai tradition is at the base floor. You can get Thai cuisine, you can listen, you can watch Thai dancing, it is unreal. You could get a massage, you could get haircuts, you could get your nails done. You don't have that in any malls out there in America. Oh, but you do have this, I, I saw this in this mall. But yeah, okay, how many people are in there? Normally these shops are all ran individually. You would never see a massage parlor like a legitimate spa inside a mall in America. Uh, Apartments, and you know, in some of these malls. Um, You know, they have fitness centers. I don't think, in America, there is not one gym. I'm sorry, in Las Vegas, if you go to any mall, there is not one gym in a mall. A mall is only for retail and to sell, that's it. Now, can you can imagine getting clean food coming out of the gym. And then after that, we have movie theaters in the malls out here in thailand they're always at the top floor in america you don't have movies th- uh, in las vegas you don't have movie theaters they're all separated so you look at the green valley ranch uh, casino you look at texas station uh boulder station uh santa fe station these are all casinos with movies and bowling alleys built in but the thing is you get all of that and everything i mentioned in one place it's all about development Changi International Airport is more exciting than any place in America, including Six Flags, period. And it's because the variety of things that you can do. You can watch movies. You have sleeping pods. You have learning areas. You could hire a shower. You could stay in a transit hotel. You could get a massage. You could go swimming in the airport. In America, it's malls are only retail. They never develop, just as they never develop their airports. Their airports are so backwards, so dirty, and all they do is promote sports and alcohol in the majority of them. You see TVs everywhere putting on some ridiculously boring baseball game. Meanwhile, in Singapore, it's an experience. So it's just like the internet, right? It's two sides. Not a double-edged sword, but there are two sides of the spectrum. It's like looking at something positive, positive mental attitude, or negative mental attitude. You have a talisman. You wake up with that talisman every single day, and it's up to you to see how you're going to look at it as. The internet is the single greatest thing that has ever happened to small businesses, and it has helped the youngest individuals become – not. it's not about fame, but to build an online business that there's no way that they would be able to do without getting in debt in the traditional schooling system. That's it. I can communicate. I got people listening to Sa- in Samoa, in Liberia, in South Tomi, and Principe. It's because the internet. But without that, I would be just here in Thailand communicating with Thai people. Does that make sense? So again, before Netflix, racism was very high in this country. Now with Netflix, it has gone down because now people are like, oh, well, black people aren't as bad as what the news seems, you know, know, paints the picture of them being. You see what I mean? The perception changes. It's what are you going to do with it? Me, the wholesaling, like I said in my previous podcast, if it wasn't for the internet, I would be doing a dental assistant job, making a mere nothing per hour and not being financial, but no YouTube videos, no way of learning how to do investments, stocks and bonds, it would be an absolute travesty. So in saying that, people, there's nothing wrong with the internet. It's the people who see something wrong with the internet and they're the ones who actually do have the problem. This is how it works. That's how life is. You can look at it two sides. You got the positive and you got the negative. What do you choose to pick up every morning? And in saying that guys, I think we only have probably just a couple of episodes left and then we're gonna be topping this bad boy off. So with that, being said, like I just said, like two seconds ago, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. I'll be back for some more, and you better stay tuned for a hell of a lot more. (gasps) Over and out.